Welcome to my next recording of my next guest, Kieran McMahon, who is coming into us here from Cork, back home in Ireland. He is a repat. Kieran is a online fitness coach, and he is, you can find him on KM Fitness on all social media platforms. And he also has the amazing Lean Academy, which I was part of and learned so much from him. So, Kieran, you're welcome to today's podcast episode. Elish, thanks for having me. I feel uh, I'm very grateful to be here and I'm really looking forward to today's chat. Thank you for being on. I'm very excited. Mm, me too. Yeah. Okay. So will we mention how our paths have crossed to begin with? Um, yeah. I suppose we know one another from our time living in Abu Dhabi and you were my fitness coach as well. And I've learned so much from you. Um, so I guess my first question to you is, when you hear the meaning of novaturient, which is to seek or desire a powerful change in your life, how does that relate to your life? Um, it's a very good question. And uh, yeah, I suppose for me, um, it's a case of, um, like I, I've been, I've, I, I'm back in Ireland now, I've been in Abu Dhabi for 10 years and I've gone through different career paths. And I think powerful change is within somebody so i think there's three words that I'm, i i have a mantra inside my academy and i know you know what it is because uh, we had a little competition thing when we we had little posters and stuff for my academy and these are three words that are really really um close to me they're three words that my mum left me and uh, i have them tattooed in my arm and everything and, and that's pursue persist persevere those three words are really really important and they're something i try to instill with all my clients and i think when it comes to a powerful change I think they, for me, that's what I think stands out. I know that that's when I think of those words, pursue, persist, persevere. I think we're all on a journey. I think we're all, um, no matter what it is, whether it's career path, whether it's personal, whether it's professional, whether it's relationship, that there's always going to be struggles. There's always going to be obstacles. And I think that for any powerful change, you just need to uh, be very clear on where you want to go. You want to continue to be consistent with things and pursue through it and persevere through it and persist through challenges. And I think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves that they have to get things perfect. They, their life has to be perfect in all different quadrants and different things like that. And ultimately it's about balance. It's about understanding where your weaknesses are, understanding where your strengths are. And I suppose having that nice balance between things so that ultimately you're happy. And, and I think at the end of the day, a lot of people forget that. They're always striving for the next big thing. They're always striving for the, and I suppose looking from a fitness standpoint, the best body, um, the best body composition, the best fitness, whatever it is, or comparing themselves to other people. But the reality is, as long as you're happy in your day today, I think that's the most important thing. So I think, go back to, I'm sorry, short, uh, with your question, um, powerful change. Yeah, when I think of that, pursue, persist, persevere, be clear on where you want to go and just be, be determined to just continue and be consistent and be happy with what you're doing on the journey. And it's really important. Yeah, I love that. And obviously, it means a lot to you to have tattooed as well, coming from your mom. Yeah, yeah really significant. So I suppose for you, what was the catalyst or the motivation for you to desire a change? Um, for me, I suppose from a, a change to move country, first of all, I think uh, that actually came inspired by my mom as well. She always wanted me to travel and try new things. So I'm, I'm quite open-minded with most things and I kind of get bored with things as well, I suppose. And there's a, probably a mix of that. Um, when I was in university, coming to the end of university, I was like, right, uh, what do I want to do? And like, I've got my own thoughts on, on, on people have been very clear on what they want to do in secondary school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I've uh, been perfectly honest for a long, even through university, didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, I thought of teaching because I, now, like, I obviously, I liked helping people. That was one thing I was always quite good at and explaining things I was always quite good at. And I also wanted to travel and, and I suppose I looked at different careers that would allow me time to travel, time to go and see the world and ultimately help people. And teaching was, um, was one thing that I looked at. And so at the end of university, a catalyst to change, I suppose, and change country, that was the first thing that I suppose, big, big part of my life was um, an opportunity came up in Abu Dhabi um, and uh, I was like yeah I, I, I suppose my mindset with anything is always try something never if, if something is quite challenging or something 
might be fearful of, always just go headfirst into it. That's the best way to attack things. And I was first time I'd ever left the country, really. And um, I was like, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? Go and try that. So I think it's a case of down to who I am as a person, being quite open-minded with things. Um, I'm always looking for the next challenge. I'm always trying to push myself in, in different ways. So I think um, that was initial catalyst, really. Um, inspiration from my mum and... I suppose me as a person trying to find something that I really enjoyed doing. And um, that's kind of been the same thing then as, as, as the years have gone on, I was trying to do different things and my career as a teacher, moving up to different parts of leadership and stuff like that. And then set up my own business and um, it's always the next thing and, and set myself different targets and challenges to push myself a bit more, but also really important that I'm doing things I enjoy and that I, I get fulfillment from, which is really, really important as well. Yeah, and I suppose to touch on that fulfillment, it's when, when you, you feel like you're on fire, it's like when you're in alignment, when you're honoring your own values and you know that like you're in flow. 100%, yeah. No, I think fulfillment is the most important thing for most people. Um, and it's a lot of people, when they're not happy with something, it's just probably down to the fact that they're not fulfilled. And I speak a lot of people who are very stressed and they stop at work or they're doing things that they don't necessarily enjoy. And ultimately, they're just not fulfilled. Same with relationships. They're just not fulfilled in relationships. And again, it comes back to that original point I said about happiness. That if you're not fulfilled in something and you don't enjoy it, you're not going to stick to it long term or you're not going to be overly happy with it. So I think it's really important that uh, you are fulfilled in what you do on a day-to-day -day basis because, and, and this is something that I, I think I've really found out, like, and that's why I left teaching and have set up my own business gone into coaching, is that I love coaching. And like it doesn't seem like a job to me and that's really important like i get a lot of fulfillment of changing people's lives and working with people directly and uh it makes me a lot happier and i'm not saying i wasn't happy teaching but the teaching side of things i loved it was the other elements that come as you know like with regards other bits and pieces that come with with the teaching job that i wasn't too fond of and didn't get fulfillment from and ultimately that made my decision to, to change career paths mm, okay so for you, what was exciting about it then when you were getting on the plane and you'd never left the country and I suppose you're, um, you're inspired by your mom's words and you're going after it. Mm. What were the feelings there for you? I'd say it was more fear than excitement, being honest about day one. Mm. Um, not really knowing what to expect, especially going to the Middle East. Yeah, I'd never been to like I'd been on holidays to Spain and stuff like that. I knew I was going somewhere hot, um, but I was going with uh, my best friend, which did help. I think if I was going by myself, it would have been a bit more challenging, and um, that was that, that helped. But there was there was definitely a sense of more of a sense of fear, apprehension to what am I going into? Like, do you know what I mean? And for me as a person, it was quite uh, very quiet as as a person and and not really outgoing. So meeting new people uh again after university would have been like right it's a new step new stepping stone so i would say it was more apprehension more fear than there was obviously initial excitement going starting a new job a new career has its uh, own excitement aspects to it as well but yeah i would say initially and again i think that's it's something i've i've realized as i've got older and i think everybody you have to have a sense of fear you have to have a sense of apprehension i was even speaking to have a conversation yesterday um I was at a wedding at the weekend in Kerry, actually. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and I was speaking to uh, the uh, best man and the groom. And both of them were super, super nervous about the speech uh, on the day, which most guys are. Like, and I've done best man speech before, and it's not an easy thing to do. But like, guys were losing sleep over it and this kind of thing. And it, it's that sense of fear, do you know what I mean? But afterwards, it's the sense of accomplishment. And it's a sense of, once you get into the swing of things, you actually enjoy doing it. And I think... A lot of people always think the worst case scenario, always think of all the things that could go wrong in certain situations, in, no matter what area of your life it is. And sometimes it's just a case of, as I said, just go head first, just take it on and, and see what happens. And uh, you learn so much about yourself in that regard. So yeah. And a quote that comes to mind um, is, everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. And I think, yeah, it's by a guy called George, uh, I can't remember his surname. I have it on my vision board though. And I think it's um, like, it just resonates with, or it connects to everything you've just said that like we see the fear as the obstacle, but once we go over it and we overcome it, yeah, like you, you want more then, you know, you're in your flow. 
hundred percent like and the thing is like if we never took on something that was challenging you know where would you be you still be in your home house like not going outside the door like there you have to for growth to happen you have to get in uncomfortable situations and um i think that just rings true in all areas of your life no matter what it is it's it's the difficult things it's the challenging things that you need to take on and I think people are always at the mindset to go, right, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. It's, it's, it, I hear it all the time in fitness. Oh, it's just not the right time right now. I'm busy with this and busy with that. Or COVID's happening. Or it's almost the end of the year. I'll wait till January. But like, why, why are we waiting for? Like, if there's something that's important to you right now, you just need to just go, go and do it and, uh, and, and learn along the way. And it's never going to be easy. I think, again, it comes back to the whole the thing I mentioned about perfection. We all, I think as human beings, we, we just strive to be perfect in everything we do. And when it's something new that you're not used to, there's a fear of, of making mistakes and a fear of messing up. And uh, I think that's what, that's what turns a lot of people off. Well, I think if people are a bit more open to go, I'm allowed to make mistakes, it's actually good to make mistakes and learn along the way. They try a lot more new things, to be honest. Yeah. And I suppose, would you think then, going a bit left field, do you think that's got a lot to do with social media because we curate perfection? Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know, like the, the, uh, it's the quote, uh, comparison is the thief of joy. And I think that uh, people compare themselves. Social media has just made comparison that bit more explicit in your everyday. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I think comparison can actually be used for good. And this is something I do myself personally, and I get my clients to do as well, is to compare yourself to yourself uh, six months ago. Compare yourself to yourself a year ago, five years ago. And when you do that, then you get a really clear, quick idea, message of where you are actually, are you going forward or are you going backwards? I know if I compare myself to where I was five years ago, like I'm a completely different person on a completely different level. So I know I'm going in the right direction. If I compare myself to a year ago, same thing. I I know I'm going in the right direction. So I think if we compare ourselves to ourselves, that gives a really clear answer as opposed to just comparing ourselves to Johnny down the road or Mary next door or do you know what I mean? And, And on social media, which I think, again, has massive implications, especially for young people growing up now with insecurities and anxieties and stuff like that. But it just needs to be flipped, I think, and it's all about perspective at the end of the day. So, yeah. I love that, comparing ourselves to our own self mm. once ago or years yeah. ago. That's really powerful. Yeah, I find that works for me a lot, being honest about it. Yeah. So for you, when you landed here, did you have a plan initially? When I landed in Abu yeah, did you know what you were getting yourself into? Did you have a, your plan? Because I know you're a great planner. Yeah, no, I'm a great planner now. When I was 21, when I landed in Abu Dhabi, I wasn't a great planner. I was literally going with the flow, being perfectly honest. Like, I knew they, <laughs> I just about knew the company I was working for. Uh, we got picked up from the airport. We started teaching, um, and I was 21. So 21-year-olds, when you're landing out of university and you're surrounded by, I think there was about 30 of us, maybe 40 Irish teachers that landed at the same time. Yeah. And Abu Dhabi was a very different place in 2008 when I landed first than it is now. 2008? Um, 2008, yeah. That's when Tell I landed me. Up. What was it yeah. like? Yeah, like, it's funny. You knew, you knew nearly every Irish person in Abu Dhabi. Now, whereas now there's, like, so many, you wouldn't. You'd hear the accents, but you wouldn't know. Whereas back then, like, the Irish Nafina, the football team, um, the Irish society, you'd know everybody. And mm-hmm. it was much, much quieter, like, we were living in Khalifa, I know, which is, is outside the city. It's about a half an hour, 45 minutes. You have to go into Abu Dhabi. You have to go into Abu Dhabi to get shopping done. Like, it was a lot different, um, a lot quieter. But it was great. Like, there was a real sense of community there. There was obviously a great sense of community now still. But yeah. I was obviously a bit more tight-knit. Um, and then, obviously, coming, going to a new... Yeah. I remember the very first night we went out. Um, we ended up getting out of, out of the taxi, a group of four, four of us. And we got out of the roundabout in Khalifa, which is basically, it was barren, barred the school. But we thought we got out of the school and the taxi went off and it wasn't the school. And we were completely lost. Completely lost. <laughs> in, basically on a roundabout, just a random roundabout. So we were walking for like two or three, mile, two or three hours to try and, try and find the school. Oh my God. We were quite naive with things, but um, it was good. It, 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 was, it was different. But did I have a plan? No. I, my initial plan was to do one year. Do one year. See if I like teaching. My goal, I suppose, was to go out there to enjoy myself for a year, to try new things, meet new people, ultimately see if I wanted to do teaching because I still wasn't too sure. I had, um, my original degree was Bachelor of Arts in English and History. So uh, my thought process was, yeah, I'm going to become a teacher, but let's just try it out for a year. Um, one year ended up being two years before I did my HDIP and I came back to Ireland, back to Galway, NUIG to do my HDIP teaching. 
that was 2010. And then I went back out to Abu Dhabi again after that. That was like, right, the situation with teachers uh, getting jobs at home wasn't great. Mm -hmm. And I had loved Abu Dhabi for the two years. So the plan was, yeah, go straight back out. And uh, that was another eight years later than I was there for another eight years. So yeah, um, initially no plan. And I think it's, uh, uh, for a lot of expats in, in the UE and probably a lot of countries, it's kind of like take it year by year. And I always hear, oh, this, is, this will be my last year. This will be my last year. I was kind of on that, on that kind of uh, mindset for a long period of time. Um, but yeah, initially starting off, it was really just go with the flow, yeah. which was great. Yeah, the best way to go, for sure. So for you, were there any moments of uh, realization or shock or even positive emotions? Uh, initially or as, as the years went on? Um, I suppose initially. Yeah, like, um, I suppose, positive, like, it was all really positive, being honest about it. Like, I was meeting, like, meeting so many new young people. That was great thing about Abu Dhabi was very, a lot of young people, which was great, playing sports. Um, obviously, there's a lot of benefits being a teacher there. Like, you know, it was the first time I was getting actually a decent wage. Um, accommodation stuff was paid for. We were able to travel. Like, we had holidays every eight, eight to ten weeks. Mm -hmm. So, it was the first time that I kind of felt to go, this is actually a really good standard of living. And like before that, it was, it was when I had been in Ireland and been in college for four years and had been doing a job on the side, it was a case of never really going on holidays and never really traveling. So I think my biggest takeaway was really being able to travel the world. I think that was the great thing about the Middle East is that you're such a central hub to go and do that. Mm -hmm. um, so going experiencing different cultures, going to Africa, going to China, going to Australia, all in the space of a couple of years is like, being very privileged and be very grateful to be able to do that. Not only be able to afford to do that, but also having the time to do it. Like that's their, their trips that most people don't do in their whole lifetime or they'll, they'll save for 10 years to go and do one. I was kind of doing them every, every 12, 12 weeks, every term. And it was like, well, what is this? It's nuts. Um, but it was great. And, and it was, um, I think that was the biggest takeaway. I think that really developed me as, and I really kind of, I suppose, matured in a sense and, and really got an eye opening to what was going on outside of my own little bubble. And I think, I suppose, being Irish and um, you know, I think being, a, being on an island where our own little bubble sometimes and, and Irish people we have our own you know, habits and we have, our own, we have our own specific culture and I think when you go away and you go abroad and you see other things it's sometimes quite eye-opening um, because you don't really get that anywhere else and uh, so I think that was the biggest, biggest plus was definitely the traveling side of things and being able to see new cultures and, and, and meet new people and just do completely different new things. And like, yeah, I totally agree with you about like where we are in the Middle East, it's a hub. It's like the center mm. of a web and the web is just endless where you can go. And oh. it sounds like you definitely made use of that for yeah, sure. <laughs> what was your favorite country you visited? Uh, favorite country I've ever been to has been Fiji. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, we did a summer in Australia and then we did like mm, about 10 days, two weeks in Fiji, the islands, which were amazing. Um, just... Yeah, for me, when I go somewhere, weather, uh, food, and people, um, those three things were ticked off massively. And then um, it was just, every island was very, very different. So it was kind of like going to different countries and, and it was just amazing, amazing place. I'd definitely recommend to anybody so far away, but if you're that part of the world, go and check it out. And China was very, very different. Uh, it's just mad, like in safaris and all these things, like so many different places are all fantastic in their own ways. But I think Fiji, if I was asked for one place, yeah, it would be my favorite place I've been to. Okay, I'll have to put that on my list. Yeah, I do. Yeah, do right. Okay, so were there any moments of self-doubt for you as an expat when you were over here? Um, yeah, like I think there's always elements of self-doubt. Um, and even to today, I always, there's always things. I think self-doubt, I, I like to question myself, always ask good questions and, and, and see if I'm, I'm doing the right thing or if I'm, in the right place but again it comes back to that whole thing where I compare myself and uh, compare myself to myself and there were times especially I suppose when I was in the UAE where for the first few years it was a case of I was teaching and I was enjoying it and I was kind of going out at the weekend and it was kind of just repeating itself you know yourself the brunches and the social life is is fantastic in the UAE but it was kind of that cycle another year another year another year and then I suppose towards my mid-20s, late-20s, I was questioning, going, right, what more do I want to do? And um, then I started focusing a bit more on my career um, and actually development, personal development. And uh, that was a massive shift, I suppose, in relation to 
where I was going then, it was more of a case of, right, let's focus on who I want to become as a person and from a career standpoint. And um, yeah, so, so progressed my career inside the school I was working in and moved up into different positions, which was great from a leadership standpoint and a professional development standpoint. And that kind of gave me the confidence then to, uh, to kind of really kind of go after what I really wanted deep down, which was to do coaching, get involved in fitness, which has all been a passion of mine. Um, so yeah, so I think self-doubt was really the case of, I suppose as well, when you're away from home, like when are you going to come home? That question's always there. You come home at Christmas time. Also, when are you moving home? That, that, that question you always get asked. You're coming home this year. Like, but, and you have to ask yourself, when is the right time? And there's never really a right time. I think, I think the time nearly showcases itself at, at random times. Like, you just kind of know when you know, when it's time to go. Um, and and then that's been very different for different people. But I think if there was an element of self-doubt, it would have been, um, yeah, like, how long more am I going to stay here? Like, where am I actually going with my career and stuff? And I suppose they were the questions. But again, it comes back to just asking yourself good questions and, and comparing yourself to where you were before, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I suppose, like, like the people ask, like, to touch on what you're saying, the people asking you when you go home at Christmas, you know, oh, you're coming home now this summer. Like, it depends yeah. on, like you said, how you respond to that. Like if you're very clear with your answer, like, oh no, I'm going to stay another year, then you know your answer. But if you have that element of self-doubt, then there is something there to kind of explore. And like you said, ask those powerful questions to yourself. What were the tools that you used to help you in those moments of self-doubt? Um, yeah, that's a very good question. And, and it's something I, I, um, I suppose, Tools back then, maybe not a huge amount of tools. I might have had like conversations with certain people, uh, close family and friends and, and things like that. But something I do do now, which I, which I find works really well in elements of self-doubt where I am right now in my journey, is I like to do screenshots. Um, I like to do screenshots of success stories that I've had with clients. So um, life-changing screenshots or either a picture, either a message I've got, and I keep them in a folder in my phone. So if I have any elements of self-doubt in relation to what I'm doing now, if I'm doing the right thing, I always turn to that to those and they automatically kind of put me right back in the zone and, 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 and provide a huge amount of fulfillment on my end. Um, I think that works really well. And I think that it's, it's such a something so simple that if, like, if you are self-doubting what you're doing and but you know you're doing a good job on something, that if you have evidence of that and just remind yourself that you know you're providing value, providing you know really good good things for people out there. That that can really help. So that's what I do now. Uh, back then, back back, I suppose an elements of that before is really just a case of conversations. But that little um, tool that I use now works really really well. Very good. I like that. It's um, and I suppose it's you using your own story to kind of bring back that reassuredness and gaining the confidence again in those moments for sure. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like the, the folder I have is called in, Inspire. And uh, yeah, I just turn to that. And uh, whether it's a screenshot from a, from a client, whether it's a message I've got, whether it's a picture, whatever it is, it just reinforces the whole idea because we all have a lot of times we want to self-doubt ourselves and whether we're doing the right thing, whether we're doing it properly, can we do it better? And turning something like that can just uh, can really, really help. Yeah, I love it. Great idea. Really like it. So for you, then was there, I suppose, a moment for you when it was, oh, this is working, like an awakening moment for you? Um, is, is that geared towards originally when I went over to Abu Dhabi? Yeah, it could be, yeah. Would you, yeah, we can talk yeah. about that if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, I suppose, yeah, like when I was in Abu Dhabi, like it was always a sense of pride nearly that I was doing, um, you know, I was, I, was, I was in a good job. I was able to travel and uh, coming back, like people were always asking about what you were doing and um, I suppose there was always a sense of pride there. Um, so I always knew that things were going well, um, being perfectly honest. Um, and then I suppose from the teaching standpoint, obviously you have you know, results and you have um, students that you get close, you know, good coverage, students thanking you for what you've done for them and colleagues and different things like that and obviously from a career standpoint I was going in the right direction I was leading a team before I left the last number of years I was head of the department and a middle leader in the school I was in and um, obviously from that standpoint I knew I was doing good things and, and, and progressing on both professionally and, and helping other people and I, I think as yeah as the years have gone on 
I think setting yourself small specific targets, small specific goals of what you want to do, whether it's professional, whether it's uh, personal, whether it's whatever it is for you, if you can set like yearly targets, six month targets, one month targets, weekly targets, and you're hitting those things fairly regularly, then you know you're on the right track. And, and, it's, and it's clear, like things that are visual. I, I know like, as you probably know, I like I say to my clients, buy, some, buy something that's visual that you want to, an item of clothing, I always say to them as a goal because a lot of people will say to me when they come on, oh, I want to lose a bit of weight, which is so, so broad. And uh, I'll always ask them to buy an item of clothing that's too small or that they'd love to get into. And it's something that you visually you can see. And then when you actually hit that target, then you know you've accomplished something. Because I think, again, people are always looking for the next big thing. What's next? What's next? What's next? And don't actually focus on the now. And it's all about enjoying the journey. It's all about enjoying the process. And we don't reflect on how well we've done. We don't reflect on how good our day has been, how good our week has been, how good our month has been, how good our year has been. And it's always looking at what, what can we do next? What can we do next? So I think sometimes it is a case of, right, setting small specific targets, whatever that may be to you. And then when you hit those targets, reflect on and reward yourself for being, you know, for, for, for working hard. And something a lot of people don't do is reflect and reward themselves for, for hitting specific targets and doing good and um, I've been guilty of that myself and it's something I definitely have worked on a lot more is I reward myself a lot more for things for, for specific targets I set myself um, so yeah yeah and I know you're very big on that and I something that's something I've learned from you that would be a very big takeaway I've learned from you is to like reflect and reward not just yeah. reflect and put give yourself a pat on the back but to actually like yeah reward yourself I'm curious to know with the same question, but a different approach. What mm. was the moment then where you thought, okay, this is something I can do when you were thinking about transitioning from teaching into building your business? Um, yeah, that's a good question. So um, the moment was like, I suppose when I started, I, I started doing boot camps and things like that. And I started doing it just for teachers in school for free was basically like, I'm, going to, I'm just going to run this boot camp, guys. Anybody want to join me? And I remember the first session, and we had like six or seven teachers, and it was just a case of more of a, a kind of a CrossFit style out in the park, a bit of a sweat on a, on a Saturday evening, then turned in a couple of evenings a week and was coming up for Ramadan a couple, few years ago. And I got a good few people doing it. And it was a, then people started asking me, going, Karen, would you keep this going in September? And I was like, yeah, why not? And uh, um, so it was a case that people, when I started seeing people gaining the value from it and people really enjoying it, um, that was, that was, and it was something I've always been passionate about, like going into fitness, but I'd never really thought about it too much. Um, so then I really decided to really go after things and, um, yeah, I, I always felt that I would, I'd never have the time to do it. Um, but once, once I had a clear idea of what I wanted to do, and I saw the value that I was bringing to people and, and people were really enjoying it and people were getting results from it. Um, then it was a case of just putting specific targets in place and putting plans in place. And um, it all happened so very, very quickly, being perfectly honest. And, and again, that's, again, part of who I am. I'm just like, when I want to do something, I'll just go and do it. Like, I'll just, I won't think about too much, just go all in. And, and that's what was my logic was, right, let's just go all in with this. And, and it kind of spiraled from there, from really from boot camps then to going into obviously some one-to-one -one PT and, different elements of, uh, of that. And, and I kind of kept with that for a couple of years. And yeah, so I, I, I suppose it was a case of right, that self-doubt initially going, is anybody actually going to take any notice? And I actually going to really enjoy this? I was just going to think of what this kid think he is, floating around uh, telling people what to do. But uh, I suppose once you start getting results with people and, and people start really enjoying what you're doing with them, then you, then you can see value. And for me, it was teaching in another sense. And I've always enjoyed teaching. Uh, I just never had thought about teaching adults about getting in good shape or improving areas of their life. It had always been that, I suppose, old school teaching in a classroom, teaching students. But um, it opened my eyes to go, yeah, this can work. And um, if you're passionate about it and you're good at something, just go all in and, and not hold back. And that's what I just decided to do. So the teaching has really complemented it, you know, they're, they're both connected. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's funny, like the teaching and then the leadership side of, of, the, uh, of the leadership role I have in school, the both of those together have really kind of given me not only the confidence, but yeah, the skill set to, because when it comes down to teaching, it's all about communication. It's all about how you get a message across and how you resonate and talk to people. I think a lot of the time people look at fitness and coaching as this 
being told what to do and you have to this, you have to do that. But a lot of it is to do with communication, a lot of it's to do with understanding. And I think teaching automatically resonates with that when you are dealing with young people all the time, you're trying to get a message across and you're trying to understand their point of view with things. Um, they go hand in hand, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's very evident as well. I can see it like through your, the way, the way you explain things, you can tell you have a background in education because you're so clear and it's a very easy step-by-step -step guide to follow. Yeah, you can definitely see that. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, yeah, like it's, it's, about, it's about making a complicated subject as easy as possible and everything has to complement, not complicate. That's one thing I try to, to live by. And I think especially in health and fitness, there's so much information out there Mm. Everything, everything contradicts each other and people get very, very confused. But when you break it down, it's very, very straightforward. And it's just a case of enjoying something, making it part of your life, of who you are, and, uh, and then go and being consistent with it. And, and that's what ultimately brings results long term. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's all true. Yeah. Was there a moment for you where it was the commitment, where you were like going all in? What was that for you? Um, I think it was my last year in the UE, being perfectly honest, I decided that I decided it was my last year of, of uh, teaching and, and being uh, head of the department. I remember going to my principal and I went to the principal in September of my last year. I didn't wait till March or April when the contracts and stuff were coming out. Yeah. I said to him in September, I was like, listen, I'm coming to you now a year in advance because this is what I'm doing and this is my last year. And I, I kind of just want to put my, I wanted to put nearly my, uh, put everything on the line, being honest, because I knew in a sense would create a sense of accountability to go, yeah, you're not going to put it off to next year. You're going to go all in with this. So I remember going, basically, it, was, it wasn't the first week of school. I wasn't going to land it on him then, but I was like, at the end of September, going to him and telling him, and, uh, and uh, the school were fantastic. The principal was fantastic. Actually, became one of my clients, which is funny. Um, oh, but, uh, <laughs> which is strange when you've got your, uh, your bosses, one of your clients. Um, <laughs> But uh, it was great, and yeah, so, so that, was, that was the decision. I, I decided that summer, I was like, this is it. Last year of teaching, I'm all in, I'm telling them straight off. And then it was a case of, right, how do I get there? And for me, mentors have been a massive, massive, uh, and I think it's something everybody should do is invest in a mentor of some form. Um, it was finding the people who had, done what I, who, I, who had done what I wanted to do and speak to them and get involved with them. And I, I invested in a number of, different courses. Um, I, I went on Skype calls with different coaches and different mentors and just put a plan in place really that was specific to what I wanted to do. And then it was just a case of once I had a plan, once I had a vision of what I wanted to do, it was just a case of implementing it. And that last year was tough. Put a lot of hours in, in, in basically trying to do two jobs at once. But it was very, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, that was the key thing. And I, once I knew I was enjoying what I was, even though it was long hours, if I was enjoying, I knew it was the right thing to do. So yeah, that was, I think it was that case that last year to go, right, this is it, we're all in, this is what I'm doing, and uh, nothing's going to stop me from doing it. That is, well, right there is a showcase of tenacity and determination for your, your, your ultimate goal, you know? Yeah. 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 Admirable. Thank you. Yeah. Well, again, Alicia, I think it comes down to like, if, if you, if, I keep saying, enjoying the process and... It, it was tough. I wouldn't say it wasn't tough, but it was, it was worthwhile. And, and when you're getting, if you're enjoying it and you're seeing the value it creates, it, it's easier, much, much easier. So I suppose to, to end on these like key questions, are there any lessons you've learned from your expat journey and then transitioning from your teaching into being self-employed and being an entrepreneur? Um, yeah. Um, I would say never be afraid to fail. Um, is one thing. I think that holds a lot of people back. They, they want to do things, especially teachers. I find that teachers have a huge amount of potential to do and go into other career paths. And um, I think a lot, sometimes people are comfortable and, but they want to do other things. And it's that, that, that the fear of failure is, it holds a lot of people back. So I would say never be afraid to fail at anything because that's ultimately where you will grow and, and you will become a better version of yourself. That's one thing. Um, other lessons I learned um, is to be open-minded um, with everything that you come across, especially in the UAE. I think it's got its own culture, obviously. It's got its own ins and outs, which you know, like some things are great, some things are not so great. 
but it is part of another way of life and being open-minded and there's always there's always a lesson to be learned in something and i think like perspective is massive having change your perspective i think is huge like covid is a prime example of that there's some people in covid it's all doom and gloom and and they see no way out and it's watching the news and it's cases this and it's deaths this and it's all negative you just have to flip your pers- pers- you know, perspective on things and for a lot of people you know i think covid has actually provided an opportunity for them to go and do things which they never would have done before whether it's creating a new career uh, getting involved in a new hobby or starting something online or starting creating something because they've got more time back spending more time with their kids i think for a lot of people it's probably the best year that they possibly have had in different areas of their life and I know we'll look back at 2020 and years to come to go, that was a, a horrendous year and this and that. But I think like that's certain people's perception. I think it's been a fantastic year, being perfectly honest. And um, I know I've grown personally a lot and um, it, it's, it's, I've, helped, I've helped a lot more people that I probably would have been able to help because online coaching has obviously become um, more popular. And it is, it is how you look at things. And um, so I think, yeah, being open-minded is something that I've, I've learned as I've gone on to when, when things are frustrating or things are done in certain ways, you can, you can look at it like that, but flip your perception on it and, and flip how you look at things. And that can really change your outlook on, on all areas um, of your life. And that is such an important message to share. And I appreciate you sharing that. It is so important to look at the perspective for sure. I'm curious to know, I suppose, which is so great to hear that your business is thriving through a pandemic. Is there anything personally that um, the pandemic brought for you that brought anything new into your life? Um, yeah, I suppose it, it has provided more opportunity for freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really highlighted um, that I think that what I'm doing is the right thing for me personally. I've always wanted, freedom has been the, one of the goals I've always wanted to, to be able to work for myself and be able to work from anywhere. And I think COVID, obviously with the restrictions in place, it has really just reaffirmed that, that um, this is definitely what I want to do. Um, it's allowed me to continue working wherever I want, whether it's here in Cork where I currently am or back home in, in County Clare, or even want to go, go away uh, to different places where we've traveled over the last six months to nine months when we've been able to. Um, so I think um, it's reaffirmed that and also the fact that, you know, like the world is such a small place in a sense as well. And I was someone I was saying to you before, like the got clients down in so many different countries and it's, it's really kind of, I suppose it's forced me to, to really push on with things like that. And, and it's allowed me to help more people and allow me to get in touch with more people and make new friends and, 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 um, and, and even communication, I think with, with family, like I've, I've talked to my family more in the last six months and I have, I suppose in the last number of years through Zoom calls and different things like that. I think a lot of families, a lot of people can probably resonate with that, that uh, it's probably brought people closer together. So I think, yeah, it's all about perspective. Like families are probably closer now than they've ever been and, and spoke to themselves more and played games and done different things that are only normally done maybe on Christmas Day. Now it was done once a week, you know, which was great. So, yeah. And I can definitely re- uh, relate to the the family one where you're, there's more connection because I can definitely see that. That um, in my life personally, there's definitely more connection to family as well. So I think it, it's um, a common one for sure for people. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to our quick fire round of questions, Kieran. Oh, scared. <laughs> so uh, what's the first thing you notice about a person? Um, tone of voice. Okay. Yeah, I, I suppose from a coaching standpoint, I can always tell the type of person they are. Well, not, I, I can't always tell, but I have a good idea of the type of person they are from just how they speak. And that's something I've learned, I suppose, over the last number of years to, to pick up on. Yeah, so that's, I suppose, one of the first things I pick up on people. That's an interesting one. I like that one. I wasn't mm. that. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Now, this next question, I know you're going to have so much to talk on it because you are, it's an expert field of yours. Are there any habits that you want to talk about that have improved your life? Ooh, how long have we got? (laughs) (laughs) Episode Uh, two. (laughs) No, uh, listen, I I think, yeah, that's kind of what I focus on all the time. Um, I call them them your KRAs, your key result areas. Yeah. There are three three things I I get my clients to focus on every single day of the week. Um, And that is their health, 
uh, their mindset and their relationships. I call, I call them the rocks in your day. And I don't know if, I, if I've, I've probably given you this analogy before, Elish, that about um, the story of the professor at the, at the top of the class with the empty jar. And uh, he asks his class, he goes, right, I'm going to fill up the jar. He filled up the jar with, uh, with basically uh, rocks. And he asks the, the kid, he asks the students, is the jar full? And the students were, yeah, the jar is full with rocks. And then, and then he puts pebbles in, the pebbles filter through the rocks. And, um, and the students were laughing and they're like, right, is it full now? And they're like, yeah, it's full now, we can't fit anymore. And then he got some sand and he poured the sand and that filtered through the, the pebbles. And, uh, and, and then the students were laughing again. And, and the thing about it is people, that's why I look at my day and I try to get my clients to look at their days that your, your day is an empty jar and you decide what you fill it with first. Most people don't fill it with rocks first and your rocks are your mindset, your health and your relationships. What they do is they fill it with pebbles and sand first. So pebbles would be your work, um, the things you kind of have to do, but if money didn't really matter, you wouldn't do them. So maybe like work or certain responsibilities and then your sand is like things like your social media, your TV. So most people fill their days up with, with their job responsibilities or other things have to do and, and social media and other bits and pieces. And they don't, and what happens is if you fill your day up with those things, you fill your jar up with pebbles and sand first, there is no room for the rocks. Mm -hmm. So it is a case of, right, if you flip that and you go, right, if I can dial in, when am I going to do my key result areas, which are for me health. So you're looking at things like water intake every day, getting enough sleep and moving and getting some daylight. So if you do those three things from your health perspective, you're good. Uh, mindset, if you do some form of mindset, whether it's going for a walk, uh, journaling, meditation, uh, even for like one minute, reading a book, whatever it is, that's your mindset. And then the third thing is relationships. So people are closest to you, partner, wife, husband, kids, uh, siblings, whatever they may be, you make some form of contact, whether it's a text or something every single day. You can do that every single day, you're going to be a happier person. So it's a, it's a case of dialing those things in first, every single, and, and, and allowing the pebbles, allowing the other things to filter around that. And uh, I suppose in society that we live in today, everything's fast paced, everything is go, go, go and people are stressed and uh, they don't take care of themselves. Simple as that, they put other things first and you are your best asset. There's nothing else that's more important than your mind and your body. People don't take care of it and uh, they allow external factors to dictate how they live their life. So <laughs> if was a habit, I would just say, yeah, focus on those three things, your mindset, your health and your relationships. And trust me, if you, you did that every single day, you'd be a much happier person. I love that and I love the, um the video you relate to as well on YouTube, it's a very good one. I love it. It's very um, profound the way he explains it. And I think to touch on what you're saying, where you have the key areas that you focus on, I think also something to do with it is that like people fail to put themselves first ahead of others. It's the opposite, especially in the world we live in today. Like, do you see yeah. that with your clients? A hundred percent. The biggest, the, the, the first thing most people say to me, I don't have the time to do it. I don't have the time to, to like, if you had one, if you had one day left on earth, like you find the time to do it. Like you, you, you do things you want to do. Um, but we're always under pressure to meet deadlines and to do this and to do that. And I think, again, go back to COVID and, and your pers perspective. People have so much time back now from like, if, if you're working from home, you don't have to spend an hour traveling to and from work. That's an extra hour to your day you've got back. And it's a case of, yeah, you, you make the time. Like you literally have to make the time for yourself. And when people say they don't have time they're just not prioritizing themselves first they're prioritizing other things that they're doing and one of the hardest things i think most people have to do and i find it's difficult myself is to say no to things and um i'm sure if, if if people said no to certain things in their week that that weren't as important and actually focusing themselves first they'd get a lot more time back that they could spend on themselves and, and become much better versions of themselves so yeah yeah it's a common problem and yeah, like you said, it is connected to being able to say no. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so hard. Is Especially for Irish people. I, I find Irish people like because we're always want to do things for the people. I think it's in our nature. Yeah. Um, and uh, something I, I find really hard still to do, but you have to be strict with sometimes. But that again comes down to what you want out of things. Like if you have a clear vision, clear mission, and things you want to do in your day to day and your week to week, you set goals and you're clear on those, it makes saying no to things that bit easier yeah yeah i'm laughing because everything you're saying is so true like i'm just like as you're saying I'm like, yeah yeah agreed everything 
Yeah. Um, okay, Kieran, share with us. Is there anything you want to uh, let us know is on your bucket list? Um. Ooh. I'm. That's, yeah. Uh, I'm actually trying to learn how to uh, ride a bike. I'm more a bike than an actual bicycle. <laughs> so that was <laughs> that was uh, one of the goals I set for myself at the start of the year. COVID has obviously put a put a big uh, restriction on when I could do tests and stuff. So got my theory test done there recently. Um, and in October, then we start my lessons. So that's one thing I want to get done for the end of the year is learn how to ride a bike. Not because I want to be one of those guys with flying around the place, but I think I'd love to be able to have it as a life skill to, if I ever want to travel somewhere that wants to rent out a bike, I could do that. Or even on summertime in the Sundays, just go for a spin around uh, some, some beautiful places around here on the west coast of Ireland. So that was one thing that's on my bucket list. Um, traveling then, of course, when restrictions ease off a of bit, is, um, is something. Uh, definitely there's certain countries I want to go to. Uh, the Antarctica, Antarctica is, is one place I, I definitely want to do very, very soon. Um, and yeah, I think there, there are two things initially right now. Um, obviously, I have uh, specific things from, from business and stuff like that that I want to get ticked off. But from an actual bucket list person standpoint, yeah, the other two things that would definitely stand out. Visit Antarctica and uh, learn how to ride a motorbike. What is it that appeals to you about Antarctica? Uh, just it's so different environment. The the the, the um, animals. They they um, just a I suppose different way of like it's. I think it's gonna be so so different than people not really being able to live there. The temperature, the scenery, the colors. Um, I'd love to just experience it. I think it's something that everybody has seen on on National Geographic and on movies and this and that. But it's not my, it's not a place many people have visited. And uh, so I just love to go and see this. It. It's just be something so different. Yeah, I look forward to hearing all about that. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, Kieran, what are the things you're most grateful for in your life right now? Um, I'm very grateful that friends and family are all safe and well. I suppose that's the first thing, especially with everything that's going on. Um, and uh, I'm very grateful that I can run my business online without any restrictions, which I'm very, very grateful for. And um, yeah, just grateful for just daily small things. Like it's the simple things that make me very, very happy. Coffee makes me very, very happy. Yeah, uh, sunshine, yeah, the weather makes me very, like it's a fantastic day now here again in Cork. And uh, it just automatically puts, and that's one thing I suppose I missed coming back from Abu Dhabi is the sunshine. And it has a massive impact on your mood. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is something I am, I, 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 like, I will travel when, when restrictions come off fairly regularly every couple of months to places where there is sunshine just for that. that I, I just really love waking up to the sunshine. Um, so yeah, I'm looking at today, what I'm grateful for, definitely a cup of coffee, um, being able to read my book in the morning, uh, the sun shining, and then I suppose, yeah, family and friends been, been, uh, and in business. They're, they're just top of mind there. That's what I would say, yeah. Well, they're all fantastic gratitudes to have. A lot is there to, to I suppose, be proud of. You should be mm. proud of where you've come from, where, how far you've come, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And tell me, is there any content you've consumed that you feel has influenced or impacted a positive change in your life? Oh, um, yeah, so many. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, I, 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 I try to surround myself with, with positive people. It's funny now, in, in a digital world, like a lot of my, uh, a lot of my friends would not be coaches, uh, that, I, that I wouldn't have met a, a huge amount. I actually went on a trip recently, well, uh, a number of weeks ago, with, with guys who I'd never met before physically, but are part of my mentorship, and that was, that was fantastic. Um, all coaches as well, like-minded people, which was great. Um, I suppose if there's any... I suppose books and, and audio books and stuff like that. Um, I remember one of the very first books I listened to, which was really, really good, was uh, Robin Sharma's The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. I love that. And that kind of got mindset thinking. Um, so that really helped. Um, and then I've had different mentors um, and coaches that have really helped me, which I definitely recommend to anybody. Like, I think the one thing that I could definitely recommend is get, like, if there's something you want to get involved in or you, or you want to know more about, find yourself a coach or a mentor that's going to guide you through that process or, or even just bounce ideas off. Uh, it's so worthwhile and so fulfilling and you learn so much. Uh, but books, are, yeah, books, I'm a massive advocate of books and uh, I try to read as much as I can. Um, 
Um, but yeah, that comes to mind as the very first one. There's so like so many books. I'm trying to think. Um, Man's Search for Meaning, fantastic book as well that uh, resonated a lot with me. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I was probably looking over my shoulder here, all the ones I've gone through and trying to think of ones that come to mind. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I love that. If you haven't read that, that's a fantastic book as well. Uh, Atomic Habits, so I know that um, I'd recommend that to you, Eilish. Yeah. And to all my clients, I think everybody should read it, whether you're interested in fitness or not. Uh, Atomic Habits will will kind of highlight areas of your life that you can improve. And I think it's, I think it should be taught in schools, to be perfectly honest. Um, but yeah. Okay, to end on the last question, what yeah. is your favorite song? Ooh. I'm going to say The Streets of London. Um, and the reason I'm going to say that is because that's a song my mum used to sing in pubs. And uh, so it's quite personal to me. So that, that's what I would say is my favorite song, yeah. And who's that by? Um, there's different versions. I'm trying to think of the guy who sings it. I'm gonna have to go. I'd have to go on YouTube to find his actual name. Um, An Irish trad song. No, it's not. It's it's uh it's not a trad song at all. It's um it's about um basically Irish an Irish guy over in in, in England working and uh, struggling, to be honest. And it's quite it's quite, quite a depressing song. No, it's not your uplift song. But it just resonates a lot with me. So when I hear it, I do think of my mum. And uh, so that's why I would say, yeah. Love it. I'll have to give that a listen after this. Yeah, it's a good song. Well, Kieran, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. And firstly, thank you for impacting my life positively. And secondly, thank you for taking the time out of your day to be part of this podcast. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. And I am... Um... Yeah, great chat, really good conversation. And uh, yeah, I love the questions as well. Absolutely amazing. Love that chat. And would you like to tell people where, you know, if anyone's listening, they'd like to um, get in touch with you? Where can they find you? Yeah, um, thanks for that. I, I would say that the two places you find me, um, Instagram, kmfitness underscore pt. Um, and then my Facebook, actually my personal Facebook is what I'm on the most, uh, Kieran McMahon, or you can get me on KM Fitness Facebook page. And then outside of that, uh, my own podcast, the Lean Teacher Podcast, um, is where you can listen to me um, harp on about different things, health and fitness wise. And uh, you've got a great podcast going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, again, it's it's it's, it's very educational and fun, just giving practical tips for people, especially teachers in particular. I focus a lot on, um, which is, yeah, so hopefully you, if people listen to that, you get some value from that. And then uh, website is kmfitnesscoaching.com. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I hope we maybe have another episode down the line. And thank you so, so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed today's episode. Amazing, Eilish. Love it. Take care. All the best. <laughs>